As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Hey, y'all. Seven Rounds in Heaven is back. We're brought to you by Sports Drink. The NFL Combine is less than a week away, and all the college football stars are ready to light up the underwear Olympics. It is I, Rob Paul, a.k.a. the newest commit, heading to Boulder to play for Coach Prime. And joining me, as always, is AJ Trent Dilfer wins everywhere he goes, Mark Hazy. Oh, those Lipscomb teams were, were a hell of a force down in Tennessee, Rob. Today, we're going to take another spin around the carousel. But this time, with the new college football coaching hires, as we break down which programs are in the best hands. Let's hit it! Seven. 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 rounds in heaven with my baby, driving out. To Casey, maybe looking for Stroud or a Bryce Young. Who's gonna wear a Hawaiian shirt today? Who's gonna put ketchup on a stick? Who's gonna, gonna find a steal in the fifth? The home team. Let's go seven rounds. Let's go seven rounds together. Let's go seven rounds forever. And, and that's, that's a song. Today's episode of Seven Rounds in Heaven is brought to you by Sports Drink, your digital water cooler. Sports Drink is a newly created internet community that tries to find the intersection of sports and not sports. They're here to help us grow and to hate your favorite team. A rising tide lifts all boats, so go check them out online or on social. Go to sportsdrink.org or open Instagram and type in at sportsdrink, spelled like sportsdrink without the vowels. All we ask is that you close the door behind you. We're trying not to let the funk out. Well, after a up and down time at the helm in Tempe, Herm Edwards finally let the funk out mm-hmm. when he got hit with a bunch of sanctions and got fired. Um, was he the first coach fired? Yeah, I think so. I do too. I do too. But one. Uh, 20- Sorry, sorry, you're introing. I was going to get right into Herm talk and do 10 good months on Herm, but please. I, I was going to say, tw- 24 uh, new coaches in the FBS. That's a lot. It is, it is. Uh, not as heavy hitting as last year. Nope. Where uh, we had some major moves. Mario Cristobal going from Oregon to Miami. Lincoln Riley going from Oklahoma to USC. Brian Kelly going from Notre Dame to Louisiana. Um, no one faked an accent this year. Kind that's how you, yeah, that's how you know it's not as good of a year. Still an interesting cycle, and we'll kick it off with Arizona State, where the Sun Devils have replaced Herm Edwards with Kenny Dillingham. Um, 
the Oregon offensive coordinator who helped rebuild Bo Nix this past season. So my point that I was going to say is you got him at the Herm Edwards tenure in Arizona State was better than you expected it to be. It, it was uh, <laughs> under Herm. They made they they made three bowl games. They won eight games twice. Um, he wouldn't have been fired if not for the sanctions. I mm-hmm. don't think like they started they started one and two, but it was after everything had happened. Uh, Arizona State people often say uh, a sleeping giant, and Kenny Dillingham. I think it's a really interesting hire. He's only 32. He's an Arizona State alum. He's coached high school ball in the state. He's been mm-hmm. on the staff before. And he he kind of assembled a really interesting staff. Yeah, yeah, he has. And, like, you know, like, when, when you're hiring a 32-year-old, maybe, like, the resume isn't so good. And, I, you know, but, like, I know he's young, but the resume is pretty good for Kenny Dillingham. Like, it's, you know, it, this hire makes a lot of sense, both, like, for the geographical, um, you know, history for Dillingham, the the ties to the school, and I think he actually has the goods to, like, right to, right to Power 5 is maybe a steep, but he's got the goods, you know? But it, this, too, I think you're looking at it, it's it's a long rebuild, right? Mm-hmm. It's So let's go with the young guy who's yep. going to kind of recapture the uh, excitement in Tempe. Um, Arizona's a hotbed for recruits. Let's let's get a guy who's coached high school ball in the state, who's coached in the conference, um, and he goes out and he hires Bo Baldwin as his OC. So if you're worried about Kenny Dillingham's lack of head coaching experience, Bo Baldwin was Cal Poly's head coach the last three years. Mm-hmm. He's been an offensive coordinator in the conference before. He was the head coach at Eastern Washington before that. So that's a major bonus. He hired he, he steals Brian Ward away from Washington State where he's the defensive coordinator this past season. Mm-hmm. Uh has also been in the footprint before that as Nevada's DC. So a veteran defensive coordinator in this conference. Um and then his special teams coordinator and assistant head coach is Charlie Ragel who had been Cal's special teams coordinator and Arizona special teams coordinator. It's a very Pac-12 heavy staff. Yeah, and that's that's how you got to build at West baby. Um, yeah, like, like, you know, his youth, like I said, I think that's a pretty good staff. Um, the youth is like, you know, it's got his pros, pros and cons. I, I do think it's a long-term build, like you said, and like there, there's huge boom potential with this hire. Like, absolutely. I think it's a good move. And, and the, the other thing that's, uh, I, I think interesting is he kept Sean, Aguano on staff, who's the interim head coach, who was a decorated Arizona high school head coach, who knows how to recruit the state. Like, that's exciting. Um, I like their hire of uh, Rashad Samples as their passing game coordinator. He was on Sean McVay's staff this past season, too. Like, it's a really cool staff. It looks like they're going to give him the time to, like, really build this thing. Yeah, uh, Samples, another, like, I think it was the youngest um, position coach in the NFL last year, like, 27. Um, yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I think, <laughs> like, when they brought in Herm Edwards, it's like, you know, what is this move? And then, like like we just talked about, maybe it worked out better than I, we anticipated. But this this feels like going the right direction. Um, like, in, in three or four years, like, if they're, you know, if they're they're a meddling, a meddling team in the in the Pac-12, I don't think, like, I think that the, the leash will still be there, you know. And the, He's already doing a good job at the portal, too. Mm-hmm. I don't want to spend too much more time on it, but, yeah. like, they went out and got Drew Pine. Yep. Um, they went out and got Aaron Frost from Nevada, a guy we've talked about uh, in, yep. in, as an NFL draft prospect before. Like, they're doing a, 
a good job kind of patching the holes for the time being, but I think it's a long-term rebuild. I give it an A minus. I, I give it an eight out of ten. That's like about an A minus. Yeah, that's an A minus. Um, there go. Let's go the complete other direction now. <laughs> is Auburn football back? AJ is Hugh Freeze the freaking answer? Uh, I don't. I don't. I don't think so, Rob. I. Uh, I I love college football. I love college football because no no way should Auburn have hired Hugh Freeze. No way should they have hired Brian Harson. But they've gone and they've done that twice after firing Gus Malzahn. Uh, should they just bring back Gus? The, my other favorite thing, like, not only is Hugh Freeze a bad human, yeah. Um, he went out and. Uh, like he didn't put an exciting. The only good thing I think he did was retaining Cadillac Williams yeah. uh, as his associate head coach and running back coach. But like I thought, Philip Montgomery, the the Tulsa head coach as your OC, was unexciting. And let, let's not forget he has connections to Dark Bryles, so yeah. that's an, yeah. another kind of yucky thing. Um, Ron Roberts was just let go by Baylor. Uh, I don't think that's an overly exciting defensive coordinator hire for the SEC. He doesn't have SEC experience, which for the most part I can get over not having that a lot of SEC or a lot of conference experience. But when it's the SEC, it's a little different. Neither coordinator has that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't know. I think it like not only do I think like is it gross they hired Hugh Freeze. But, like, I also just don't think it's a very exciting staff, and Auburn's just in such a hell-tier situation. Yeah. I, I, I mean, yeah, Hugh Freeze fucking sucks. Um, like, I, but also, like, as a coach, I think Hugh Freeze is overrated as a, as a coach. Like, yeah, he's won, and he did a good job at Liberty, but, like, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't think well, he'll ever be one of those, like, next-level coaches for what Auburn expects him to be, you know? He, he's, he's a beating Nick Saban merchant. Like, He's living off yeah. two Ole Miss upsets of Alabama. Like, he went 37-25 and 25 at Ole Miss. Like, that's pretty good. Yeah. But it's, like, not – it's not, like – it it the way he's talked about is he's better than that. Yeah, exactly. And, and don't forget, 17 of those wins were stripped after sanctions. Yeah. Um, and then at Liberty, which is, like, the hellish tier of college football programs – or schools, I should say. Yeah. Uh, that was, like, the only place that would give him a chance – and he did a good job there, sure, yeah. But I don't know, making the jump from, uh, like, being who he is as a human being and making that jump from Liberty to Auburn, I don't know. I feel bad for Auburn fans. Me too. Um, yeah, and I'll also, give like, it an F. <laughs> I'll, give it, I'll give it a four and a half out of ten. I, like, I don't know. If, he, if he's winning eight games at Auburn, would you be shocked, you know? No, but, like, Auburn, keep, keep in mind, Auburn... Dude exists to play for college Absolutely. football national championships, yeah. which is a, 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 an insane thing to say, just given what they've been like the last couple years. Yeah. But, I mean, Gus Malzahn played for a national championship. Gene Chizik won a national championship. Uh, T- Tommy Tuberville, who is also a terrible person, <laughs> yeah. had a 13-0 season at Auburn, right? Like, they expect... To win double digit games every yeah, year. Yeah. They've so, always felt like anyway. such a flash in the plant in the in the pan seasons, you know, never consistent winning. Anyways, yeah. Uh fuck you, Freeze. Let's move on. And, uh, he also hasn't hired a special teams coach or they don't have one listed yet, so Coward. That, that's, that's how you know. Big, yeah. big ding. Yeah. Uh, there's a shocking amount of them who don't. Uh going to Charlotte, going to a complete opposite. Let's go from hell to your person to uh, the greatest <laughs> person in the world. In uh new 
Charlotte 49er head coach Biff Pogie, who replaces yes, Will Healy after four years. Biff um, has one of the more interesting resumes among new college football head coaches. Uh, spent the last two years as Michigan's associate head coach. Uh, was an analyst for Harbaugh at Michigan in 2016. Other than that, he's just spent like the last 20 years as a high school head coach in Maryland. And also, he made a bunch of money running a hedge fund. Yeah, baby. He's a goat. Um <laughs> it's a wild move, but like I love it. If you're Charlotte, why the hell not? And like, like Biff is gonna put his own money into the program. Okay, he might. But no, I think like his his assistants are pretty interesting. Like Mike Miller, the OC, um, coming over from from Maryland. Um, he Bama too. He's a, he's a Mike Loxley yeah, guy. Yeah, that's an interesting hire. And then he he got Ryan Roberts, who was a Harbaugh guy at uh, both Ryan Baltimore. Osborne Osborne. Sorry, Osborne. And then um, yeah, both Michigan and. Um, Baltimore. It's, it's, uh, is Charlotte trying to be the Michigan of the G5? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, hey, their, their special teams uh, coordinator also comes from Michigan where he was an analyst, Greg Frolich. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was at Illinois the last two years. And, hey, they also have a Hartline on staff. Mike Hartline's the uh, passing game coordinator receivers coach, and he was with Auburn last year. He's obviously Brian Hartline's little brother. Uh, I think it's weird. I'm interested to see see what your grade is because it's like to me did biff pogey really deserve one of these fbs head coaching gigs like did he do enough like when we see minorities get passed over every year yeah. did biff pogey really do enough like that doesn't sit well with me but at the same time i understand what you're saying it's like if you're charlotte why why not take a weird swing mm-hmm. charlotte also is a program that you would think is set up well to be a relevant g5 yeah. program every yeah. once in a while yeah in in a big city and you know all that goes with that yeah i i have no clue if this is gonna work but it's it's crazy i think it's a fun swing he i mean he did he's bringing Ibioki over to charlotte like that's that's some big time that's a f- x5 star prospect um i give it a seven and a half I, I think it's crazy but if you're charlotte fuck it and 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 don't forget they're joining the aac this yeah. year a lot of uh, a lot of the new AAC teams have new head coaches. Yeah, they do. That's interesting. Um, sorry, what'd you give it? Seven and a half. Uh, I kind of going back between C plus and B minus. Okay. Um, I, uh, it's also his, his connections are all in Maryland. I wonder how that will translate to recruiting. Um, yeah, that's interesting. I mean, not not super far. Is East Coast? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with a C plus. Okay. I'm gonna stick with my C plus. Okay. I don't want your Harbaugh um, propaganda to convince me otherwise. <laughs> uh, speaking of... Propaganda. Propaganda. <laughs> the University of Cincinnati. They lost Luke Fickle. Which sucks. The, you knew it was coming eventually. He, yep. You knew it was coming. It kind of came out of nowhere this year. It though. absolutely did. Uh, he led them, obviously, to a college football playoff berth. The first G5 program to do that. They're now... Making the jump to the Big 12. Mm-hmm. And so they lose. When you're making the jump to the Big 12, you got to get a Power 5 coach to lead you there, Rob. It's never a good thing when mm-hmm. a coach leaves their program and the fans of that program are happy. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened when Scott Satterfield left Louisville for Cincinnati. Um, he went 25-24 and 24 in four years at Louisville. Winning record. Uh, hey, he did have a winning that He lost as many games at Louisville. As he lost at App State, but he won double the amount at App State. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. This one seemed really uh, strange. Yeah. 
especially I don't know. I I don't think Satterfield is a bad coach in a vacuum. Um, I've always been a little higher on him than you were. But that being said, this seems like there's the fit makes no sense. It no, seems like they're like exactly. which which power five coach can we snag to bring us to the Big Twelve? And this is who they landed on, maybe the first one geographically. I and it gave it gave Louisville a better head coach yeah, out of yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> Louisville's one of the big winners. Um, yeah, it's weird. It's weird. I like this. I don't know. It, the the other thing too is like he he doesn't have an offensive coordinator right now. Um, he brought Brian Brown with him, mm-hmm. who was his defensive coordinator at Louisville and at App State. Uh, Brian Brian Brown seems like a decent Power Five. Defensive coordinator. Okay. Fine. He retained he retained Kerry Coombs, who, as a Buckeyes fan, I hate his guts. <laughs> he's a horrible defensive coordinator, but he's the special teams coach there. Like it's experience. I get, like it's, yeah, yeah. Like he knows the roster. There's yeah. there's a plus, I guess. Yeah. But uh just given the amount of turnover from that playoff team because they put so many guys in the NFL. Yeah. And then the the additional turnover from this year from again, more NFL players, uh just guys graduating out of the program and the transfer portal like this is gonna feel and look like a completely different Cincinnati yeah Bearcats. it feels like all the all the all the buzz they've built like the becoming a legit football program just kind of went out the window with fickle but it came back in when they got Emory Jones sure <laughs> it's a fun one I don't know man like I don't know what they're gonna look like moving to the big 12 this kind of sucks yeah, it does suck. I give it a D minus. It also doesn't help. Like, yeah, they're making the jump to the Big Twelve, yeah. and they're kind of in the same boat as West Virginia, where they're like geographically yeah. so strange. Yeah, I give it a five. I I I would have given it an F, but I didn't think anyone deserved the same grade as Hugh Freeze and Auburn. <laughs> that, so. Um, hey, let's move on to a program uh, that has found a special place in our heart. Over the last couple of years, and that's the uh, the Coastal Carolina Chanticleers, Chanticleers. Uh, who also lose their head coach uh, to I guess. Well, in this case, Jamie Chabell kind of makes a lateral move in the G five, but not lateral in the fact that he's going to have way more funding mm-hmm. at Liberty because uh, that's a rich program. Um, so Chabell's out. It feels a, another school that's going to feel like a completely different program like just yeah. so much identity gone with the roster turn- turnover the head coach gone uh and coastal hires tim beck the nc state offense coordinator the last three years i think it's such an uninspiring hire it really is I, like i don't think there's much to say about this it's just such a blah like a team that's built up all this you know as a hell of a fun program i know like replacing chadwell would have been hard but like i think promoting from within probably would have been the move and trying to that's, keep that going you know keep 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 the culture yeah, building you had, yeah. right? Like, Jamie Chadwell embraced Myrtle Beach. And Tim Beck doesn't strike me as the type. And, no. like, I get that he, he has a decent-looking resume. Like, he's been an unsuccessful offensive coordinator at Texas, at Nebraska. Like, he was on the Ohio State staff as the co-OC, but he's on called in plays. Yeah. Um, NC State's offense has been okay. Mm. Um. <laughs> But like Chadwell had this this brilliant, exciting offense, and now you, as you lose the the spread option, you kind of lose that Chanticleer zaniness. And they bring in Travis Trickett as their uh, OC over from USF, where like USF wasn't doing a whole lot last year with Travis Trickett, and and they bring Craig Naver as their DC, and he was 
the special teams coach at SMU last year. Before that, he had uh, been the US, USC safety coach. Like, it, the staff's, like, just not exciting. No. I, wouldn't, they, I wouldn't be surprised if Tim Beck, like, you know, showed up in, uh, in Myrtle Beach and was like, why is the field this color? Like, their big win off the bat is that they convinced Grayson McCall to stay. Yeah, which I'm surprised by, but, yeah, def- definitely. I mean, Tim Beck runs a more pro-style offense if Grayson McCall is like, I know this team, yeah. right? Like, I'm just trying to bolster my draft stock. Yeah. But I ended up giving it a D. I just thought it was just such a boring yeah. move after the excitement Jamie Chadwell brought to go. Yeah, I told you. I gave it a 4 out of 10. Let's go to the complete other direction now. Let's talk about excitement. Let's talk talk about the Colorado Buffaloes who have excitement for the first time since what uh, the '90s when Cordell Stewart was on campus. Correct. Yeah. Oh, oh um, they go up, and then they had the the with Sefo Sefo on campus. That was special times too. Yeah. The 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 year Mike McIntyre won ten games yeah. out of the blue and got like a five year extension and got fired two years later. Um, they replaced Carl Durrell, who was uh, hired late in the process after Mel Tucker left from Michigan State and. I don't think anyone thought this was going to work out well. Uh, although he had them cruising in the COVID shortened year. Um, they replaced Carl Durrell with Dion Primetime Sanders, the Jackson State head coach, who went 27 and 6 over his three years at the helm there. Um, Dion can get players yes. to Boulder yeah. in a way that no other coach, not even Trent Tilfer, can do. <laughs> Like, and, and we're seeing it immediately, and it's insane, and it's just, Dion is one of a kind. There's no, like, to explain the power Dion Sanders possesses is is, is yeah. almost impossible, because literally nobody else could do what he's done. Yeah, like, like, like even if it was like Nick Saban, maybe on this level, you know? Um, yeah, I mean, I can't believe they landed him. I still can't believe they landed him. I... I when, when the rumors are coming out, I'm like, why would Dion want that job? But he took it, and he's here. And, um, like, even if Dion Sanders never wins big in Colorado, which I'm not saying is, is, isn't going to happen, uh, especially with the Pac-12 opening up a bit, right? If he never wins big, it's still a slam dunk home run, Rob. The, the, I mean, you could already, it's already paying dividends, Absolutely. Right? Like, they've already, they're already owning the portal. They're landing... Um, blue chip recruits they would have never landed. Yep. If you look, if you look at their roster uh, or their depth chart right now on our lads, like half the starters are transfer portal guys, including his son Shadur Sanders, who's the best quarterback they've had since Sefo. <laughs> um, they got Cavassier Smoke over from Kentucky. They got Jimmy Horn from USF. Um, like they're they've just loaded up immediately, uh, and and that's not to mention they they. they Dion took the number one recruit in the country last year, had him go to an HBCU in Travis Hunter, and brought him with him to Colorado. Yeah. And Travis Hunter is one of the most gifted athletes in college football already. Uh, and on top of all of that, he's hired a staff that's ready for this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, like, poaching Sean Lewis or as a sitting, you know, FBS head coach at Kent State to come in as his OC, it, that's, that's, a, that's a huge swoon. Now, I, Sean Lewis running that hyper-speed yeah. offense and now doing it with Power 5 athletes. Blue-chip blue um, athletes at some levels, yeah. Like, that's it, ridiculous. And, and hiring Charles Kelly as his DC, who uh, was Alabama's associate DC and safeties coach the mm-hmm. last four years. Um, 
and before that he was at University of Tennessee and Florida State, like a guy with legit Power Five, mm-hmm. a legit Power Five resume. Um, it's it's impressive. I mean, I think you have to give it an A plus simply because yeah. Colorado couldn't have hired someone who brings more excitement. You're right. Even if they win five games, like obviously that's a disappointment, but there's going to be so many more eyeballs on this team now yeah. that they would have never had. Colorado has been irrelevant for so long. You know what's funny, though? Like, they've been irrelevant, but they've had some talent there. It, it, well, I know. And it just Christian Gonzalez, maybe the first corner drafted in this in the 2023 NFL draft. He was he was at Colorado last yeah, year. Yeah, and they've had, actually, funny enough, defensive back talent. I actually a lot in the last few years. Um, and, yeah, they've gone, they've gone to uh, two bowls. Since 2008. <laughs> yes. Like, they've been down bad, bad. And one of those was in the COVID shortened year. Yeah. When Carl Durrell went 4-2. <laughs> Obviously, this is a 10 out of 10 hire. I mean, there's there's yeah. nothing else. Like, legit. Like, I don't know. Like, maybe only Nick Saban could have <laughs> could have brought this much, you know. It would have been a lot less exciting, but he would have had the talent, you know. But, yeah. Heading uh, Booker to the East Coast. To Boca. Our favorite city in all of America. Yep. Uh, to the Florida Atlantic Owls, where Willie Taggart's out. What a weird career Willie Taggart has had. He really has. Uh, yeah. Former Texas and Houston head coach Tom Herman is in. Um, Herman was last coaching as a Bears analyst in 2021. 32-18 uh, at Texas, 22-4 and four at Houston. Uh, many NCAA football fans will remember Greg Ward. Mm-hmm. Um, and before that, he was Ohio State's OC. This is, uh, I think it's an exciting hire. I, 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 I think Tom Herman did better at Texas than people remember. Absolutely. Absolutely did. And he recruited well. It's just, if it wasn't Texas, it, people wouldn't have had issues, you know. And he did recruit well. I've always been a, a Tom Herman fan. Uh, I really. Like, this, this feels like a place that he can go and have success. And this feels like what Lane Kiffin did with FAU. Agreed. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And now, I, to, to to a more extent for FAU, I feel like it's less of a stepping stone for Herman. Like it might he might st- if he has the success, I think he'll stick there a little bit longer. Depends who comes knocking, right? But like you know, Kiffin always felt like he's just he's there to make the next leap. Where Herman, I feel like he yeah. can stick a little bit more. I think I think it's a really good hire. Um. And he filled out his staff pretty well, right? Like he here's Charlie Fry as his OC, the uh, the, the old Browns quarterback, yeah. who who kind of got lost in the coaching shuffle the last two years, but was a good play caller at Central Michigan uh, a couple years ago. Yeah. Um, hires Rock Bellantoni as his DC, who spent last year at Auburn, um, and previously was FAU's DC uh, 2014 to 2016. Knows the school. Uh, and Chad Lunsford's his special teams coordinator, the Georgia Southern head coach, who I still was surprised. I'm still surprised yeah. he ended up getting fired. They got Ed Warner on the staff, which I mean, he's been up and down, but that's Yo, lots of experience. Ed Warner, that's like you're right at a power five level, sure, oh, yeah. as an offensive line coach. But like having the Ohio State Michigan offensive line coach on your resume, he's the yep. run game coordinator, assistant head coach, and then defensively they have Everett Withers, who people will remember probably more negatively for uh, his time as Texas State's head coach. But he's a very good defensive uh, defensive coach, and he did a really good job at Ohio State a, a handful of years ago, and he did a really good job at James Madison before he left that for Texas mm-hmm. State. He's a great DB coach. I, like, FAU keeps landing pretty decently big-name coaches, and it's 
Like, you know, Kiffin obviously worked huge. Taggart not so much. But, no, it, it, this feels like about as good as FAU could have done, honestly. Yeah, and, hey, old Kansas head coach David Beatty's the receivers <laughs> coach. Um, yeah, and, and you know, I, I think uh, they actually had their best recruiting class of all time this year, too, in his first go-around. There so. you go. I give it a B plus. I, I, give it a, I give it an 8 out of 10. Moving to Georgia Tech, where – they went the old boring rent and just uh, named the interim their head coach. Uh, Jeff Collins obviously had a terrible time uh, running the Yellow Jackets into the ground. Brent Key took over as interim, went 4-4. Four and four. He had been the assistant head coach and offensive line coach. Before that, he was at Alabama as the O-line coach for a few years. Um, this is an exciting... Georgia Tech's in a weird place. Yeah, they are. Uh, in, I thought it was made worse by... The the way he kind of filled out his staff, he just kind of he stuck with Andrew Thacker as his DC, who had been Jeff Collins' DC. Um, he promoted Jason Samore from Georgia Tech's linebacker coach uh, to special teams coordinator, uh, and maybe maybe the m- m- most interesting one is they got Buster Faulkner as their offensive coordinator and he had been the quality control coach working with quarterbacks at georgia the last couple of years before that who's an oc for southern miss and arc state yeah this is not super exciting i don't i, I don't know what georgia tech could have really done though like i know that's the thing like and he, the, the players clearly responded to mm-hmm. him well and he, like he is this beloved alumni he's a former alabama offensive line coach um so I don't know. It's I give it a C. It's unexciting, yeah, but yeah, I give it a six and a half. It's not like a bad move, but it, it yeah, it's unexciting. Moving to Kent State, where like you mentioned, Sean Lewis left on his own accord to take the Colorado OC job because for whatever reason he, he kind of wasn't getting a, a bite at a bigger apple, uh, despite kind of doing the absolute most he mm-hmm. could with uh, Kent State. Um, they go and hire Kenny Burns, who had been Minnesota's assistant head coach and running back coach. Uh, he's coached in the back before. He was um, the the running back coach on the row your row the boat Western Michigan team in 2016. PJ Fleck guy, baby. Yeah, he's a, a lifelong PJ Fleck guy. Um, he hired Matt Johnson as his OC. Who those who love the Mac will remember his dominant year as Bowling yeah. Green's quarterback. And he had been at Kent State the last couple of years and on Sean Lewis's staff as the RB coach, and he retained him. I thought that was a really good move. Yeah, me too. I, I That's a lot of fun. I, I want to see what Manchester just got as an OC. I feel like that's a, like a low-key, like like exciting, a guy that could become an exciting, you know, a small school OC. Um, I think the Burns hire is like interesting. Like like you just laid out me his too. past. I think it could be sneaky good. I think it could be sneaky good. Like I don't have huge expectations, and it is Kent State. It's going to be hard to replace Sean Lewis. Uh, but I think it's sneaky good. I, I, I'm not gonna say it's like a you know a home run or anything, but I think it's it's a solid hire. It, it sucks because they they were killed by the portal because so many guys yeah. left after Sean Lewis yeah. left. Um, but I just think that Matt Johnson hire was so smart on Kenny Burns's part because he's probably gonna run a similar super fast mm-hmm. offense to Sean Lewis that spread uh, offense. Um, and Matt Johnson played under. Um, uh, Dino Babers at Bowling Green, who obviously is Sean Lewis' mentor. Uh, I think that this is more interesting than I would have expected. Mm-hmm. I, I totally agree with you. I end up giving a, and, a 7 out of 10. 
I should mention Dave Duggins, their defensive coordinator. He'd been Arkansas State's defensive coordinator a few years ago. Uh, he's coaching the MAC as well. He was at Western Michigan with uh, Kenny Burns mm-hmm. and uh, PJ Fleck. Uh, sorry, would you give seven? It? I gave it a B minus. So same page. Mm-hmm. Moving to Liberty, where we hate the school but we love the coach. Uh, Hugh Freeze leaves for Auburn. Jamie Chadwell leaves Coastal Carolina for this job. Some similar uh, kind of. To Sean Lewis, where he wasn't getting that bigger bite at the Apple. So it's more of a, a lateral move, but a, a more a better funded program at Liberty. Yeah. They just throw money. Uh, as as they finally join a conference, as they go into the uh, Conference USA, where I think Jamie Chabell is set up to dominate. Yeah, pretty much. Like... I don't know. I, I, I lose love for Jamie Chadwell taking this job. Um, and like you said, fuck... It's a money thing. Fuck though. Liberty. I get yeah, it. yeah, I get it too. And it, I think it's a good hire. I think it's a really good hire for Liberty. And he just kind of took all his guys with him, yeah. right? Like Willie Corn and Newland Isaac were the co-CEOs at Coastal. They come with them as co-CEOs. Jack Curtis and Skyler McGee were the co-DCs at Coastal. They come with them as the co-DCs. Um, Going back to Coastal quickly, you can't tell me that one of those guys couldn't have been the new head coach for Coastal. But anyways, moving on. I would have swung on it with Willie. Yeah, Korn, I think so too. I think. Yeah. Anyways. Go on. Um, also, hey, Teddy Gallagher's on the staff. He <laughs> coastal linebacker, the king of the mullet. Yeah, uh, I, I think it's a like losing Hugh, like losing a coach to a premier in quotation marks Power Five program, and like this is this is about as damn good as Liberty could have done. Yeah, and I think the other important thing is uh, Hugh Freeze ran this explosive, unique offense. Chad Chadwell yeah. does not obviously it's not the same yeah. offense, but similar idea with that that spread option attack it gives them a identity immediately yeah. under chadwell yeah. and i think i think it's it's fun and it's exciting for them and as they join a conference they are positioned well to yeah just absolutely yeah they can it. win that conference first year absolutely i give it an, an i a. give it a nine out of ten uh moving to louisville where we <laughs> talked about satterfield leaving for Cincy, and cardinals fans rejoiced as jeff brom the beloved mm-hmm. Son, the prodigal son, baby, re- returns. Uh, he had been at Purdue the last five years, six years. Uh, went thirty six and thirty four, but seventeen and nine the last two seasons. Before that, he went thirty and ten as Western Kentucky's head coach. Obviously, played there. His coach there brought his little brother Brian, who also played there, uh, and has been his OC the last handful of years. Um, and he he kind of just transferred the Purdue staff over. Like yeah. Mark Hagen and Ron English come with them. They were the co-DCs at Purdue. Uh, uh, Carl Maslowski was the special teams coordinator at Purdue. They all come over. Yeah. Uh, what a win. What a win for Louisville. Like, he didn't have to buy Satterfield out. You got your dude. The dude, like, it, it's supposed to be your dude. Like, uh, it's a huge win for, for, for Louisville. I mean, I was sad to see Jeff Brom leave Purdue because of everything he built up there, but... This this is the Brahms' home, Rob, and yeah, I, I mean, uh, you you can't get a much of a better hire than this. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's 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 perfect. It's it is perfect. perfect. But I mean, expectations I think will be higher. That's the right? thing. Like, yeah, I think that's the only like. Of course, that's gonna be happen everywhere, but more more so here than anywhere for Brahm. It, the expectations are gonna be high. Uh, I don't know really what state this this roster like. They, they they brought over Jack Plummer yeah. from 
Cal, who had been Purdue. at Purdue with Brown. It wasn't bad uh, this year at Cal. It wasn't bad. Uh, they got Kevin Coleman out of the portal. He had been a, a blue chip recruit who went to Jackson State to play for Dion, which I think is a pretty interesting one. Um, I, I, I think like you, you're expecting eight wins off the bat. Yeah, probably. Which, uh, I don't know if it's asking too much, but yeah, I think you are. I, I mean, again, expectations may be the only thing that's um, a slight you know, thorn in the side here, but uh, yeah. home run higher. I give it Nick. Yeah, nine and a half out of ten for me. Moving to Mississippi State, where it's uh, a sadder yeah. situation. Obviously, Mac Mike Leach passing away uh, right before the end of the, the season. Um, they pr- uh, promote defensive coordinator Zach Garnett, who had done a really good job there the last three years. Mm-hmm. Uh, they promote him to head coach. He'd been at San Diego State before that. He's a Rocky Long protege. Um, he, he promotes Mississippi State linebacker coach Matt Brock to D.C. Uh, he retains Eric Melly as their special teams coordinator. It's basically the same staff, uh, except he hires Kevin Barbe from App State as his O.C. He'd been at Central Michigan the year before that. And it's it's such a tough situation. Like, obviously, that's putting it too simply. But, like, even from a coaching standpoint, like, it's just so hard to gauge. Like... It just like it seemed like they had to make a move before their players got poached, which is just a cruel reality of the fucking situation. That felt it felt so I don't know, just so morbid. But anyways, I, yeah, I I feel like they couldn't do anything else. Right? I agree. And, like it's it's not ex- Zach Garnett, like you said, has done a very good job there. It's not exciting. I don't know where this goes in the future. Like is is it gonna be a one and done? I don't know. Like I really don't know. No, I think I think he'll he'll have yeah. uh, a long leash, especially if that defense keeps playing the way it's played. They've yeah. been putting guys in the NFL. Absolutely. Um, obviously, seeing what this offense looks like under Kevin Barbie is going to be the kind of I think yeah the most interesting thing about it. I, I give it a B because I I just don't know what else you do given that that situation. I, yeah, I, I don't disagree. I, I give it a seven out of ten. Like it's you just exactly. I don't know what else you do. Um, moving to our lone academy, where Navy has a new head coach for the first time in what feels like forever. They went ahead and promoted Brian Newberry, their defensive coordinator to head coach, uh, to replace Kenio Motololele, who I... Still struggles to say his last name, but the best coach in school history, and it just feels like if you're if you're getting rid of him, why are you promoting from within? <laughs> Absolutely, this this move makes like, no I, sense. I, I know Navy's dropped off the last year, mm-hmm. the last few years under uh, Niomotololele, and uh, it's just okay if you're gonna move on then and fire the most successful coach program history. Don't hire his assistant. Who it kind of feels like maybe something spicy was going on here. Uh, obviously, last year we had that situation where the AD made him fire his offensive coordinator, and then they let him rehire him a couple like at the next week. Yeah. Um, I don't know. And then Newberry hired uh, who had worked at Kennesaw State as the defensive coordinator before coming to the Navy. Hired uh, his, his Kennesaw State boys as his OC in DC. Uh, and Grant Chestnut. 
and PJ Volker. It is. It does almost seem like maybe there's more beneath this, right? Like, like yeah, Ken N did go what four and eight, four and eight, three and eight the last three years or something like that, and like yeah, that's grounds enough to fire at a lot of schools, but at Navy, uh, I think there's got to be more to the story. Um, either way, this is a really weird, just a weird move. At Navy, when this guy, I know the last three years have been bad, but before that, he won 11 games. They've had their ups and downs under him, but and they haven't been as consistent, but yeah. I don't know. It just feels like, okay, if you're going to go in a direct, different direction, it feels weird to just promote the defensive coordinator. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I gave it a 3 out of 10 on my lowest grades. I gave it, I gave it a D plus. <laughs> respect that. Uh, moving to Nebraska. Where Scott Frost is finally out. The prodigal son returned and it didn't work out. So they went and hired the program builder himself, <laughs> Matt Rule, who had been a horrific NFL coach the last three years, going 11-27 as the Panthers head coach. But before that, he had turned Baylor around. He had turned Temple around. Um, he went 19-20 and at Baylor, but 11-3 and is last year. He went 28-23 and at Temple, but 20-7 and over his last two years. Say what you will about Matt Rule and his time with the Panthers. We know he's a good, proven college football head yeah. coach. Uh, at the Power Five level, he won the Big 12. Uh, he recruited so well at Baylor, given the situation they were in. And a lot of those guys are in the NFL now. Yeah. Um, and he kind of just, he hired a strong staff around him. He went, he poached Marcus Satterfield, which I know South Carolina fans aren't sad about. But he poached Marcus Satterfield from South Carolina. He had been with him at Baylor. He had been with him at Temple. Uh, he poached Tony White, the Syracuse DC, as his DC, which is a good hire. Uh, and then Ed Foley, who had been at Temple for like years and years and years, was at Baylor under Rule and with the Panthers under Rule, is the special teams coordinator. Yeah, I mean, I think like in terms of like maybe getting this thing turned around finally at Nebraska, probably a smart hire, right? Like like we just pointed out, he did it at Baylor, he did it at Temple. But like, is he the guy? Like he he's got the name. Cachet because he's coming from the NFL, but like, I don't like. Do you think he's ever going to be the guy that like just satiates the the Cornhusker crazies? Like, well, it depends what it depends what their expectations are. I, I think like, they're going to still be high. Like they're always high. But but it, are they national championship high or are they nine wins high? Because Matt Rule can get you know nine wins. It, I believe that. Yeah, I, I don't disagree there. But Big Ten's only getting harder. You know what I mean? Like. I, I don't disagree, but they're, they're, they got a lot of... I mean, the West has been kind of weak, but they're, the West is good, goodbye in a year or two. Um, so they got a lot of heavy lifting to do. I, don't, I think it's a it's a good hire. I don't think it's like a national championship level I hire. Think it's, I agree with you. But I, th- I, it's, I think it's the best they could have done. Probably, yeah. Right? Like, if you think about Nebraska realistically, like, they're not going to go out and poach Lincoln Riley, no. even if their fans might think that, you know? Well, you want a coach where the same place you, has the same name as you, so you need to get a coach who understands Nebraska is not a hotbed for recruiting talent, so it's hard to recruit. It's hard to it's hard to get people to Lincoln, Nebraska, mm-hmm. and what Matt Rule did at Baylor recruiting wise in kind of finding these track athletes and turning them into football players, like I, he. He's a smart recruiter, and I think that's the big thing here. He also hired Terrence Potrose Knight as his defensive player. <laughs> I didn't and, realize that. Okay. And, that's an A plus now. And the only uh, coach he retained was Donovan Rayola, whose nephew Dylan Rayola yeah. is the number one quarterback in twenty twenty four. And it seems like he's heading that way. Um, yeah. Uh, what'd you What'd you give it? 
B plus. I mean, I give a seven and a half out of ten. Moving to North Texas, where we've got uh, a Mike Leach protege being replaced by a Mike Leach protege. Uh, Seth Luttrell out in Denton. Eric Morris, Eric the Elf Morris in, who had been Washington State's OC la- the last year. Before that, he was Incarnate Words head coach for four years, going 24 and 18. Before that, he was uh, OC for, uh, I believe, Cliff Kingsbury at Texas Tech. I like Eric Morris. I think this is fun. I, he fits, like you just said, he's uh, both Leech Pros. He fits that North Texas shoot him out style. I like this hire. Um, it feels like Incarnate Word is the hottest program in all of college football right now. I'll say, just producing all these dudes. His OC is Jordan Davis, who spent the previous year as a Washington State analyst, but before that was the uh, receivers coach at Incarnate Word under Morris. Um, his defensive coordinator comes. Uh, from Iowa State, where he was the corner coach for four years, Matt Capone. Interesting hire. And before that, he was at he was at West Virginia, and guess what? He's a Mount Union guy because every coach is actually <laughs> from Mount Union. Yeah, the second hottest program after Incarnate Word. Um, no, I, I like so this So he'll hire. probably yeah yeah he'll Matt Capone will probably run that three three five, which is interesting. I think f- f- uh, would, would fit there. Yeah. Air raid on offense, three three five on defense. Uh, that's that's North Texas football, in my opinion. The, with the three safeties, the oh, defense yeah. or the special teams coordinator was the senior special assistant to Nick Saban last year, and before that had been uh, the special teams coordinator to Alabama. So I mean, for a G five, like that's, that's pretty, pretty, pretty damn good. Drew Svoboda, Svoboda, Drew Svoboda, yeah, yeah, but yeah, the goat. I like this. I like this. I give it a uh, a B. I, I give it an eight out of ten. Yeah, like I like this hire a lot. It's just, I think it's just funny. They kind of like Eric Morris is very similar resume to what Seth Luttrell yeah. had when they hired Seth Luttrell. Yeah. Um, poor Seth Luttrell played in the conference championship game and got fired. I know, I know right? <laughs> uh, going to Purdue now, where obviously we touched on Jeff Brom leaving for the Louisville job when Satterfield left for the Cincinnati job, the dominoes fall. Illinois defensive coordinator Ryan Walters steps in at Purdue. Um, hires Graham Harrell away from West Virginia as his offensive coordinator. Brings Kevin Kane, the Illinois assistant head coach and outside linebackers coach, with him to be the DC. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's interesting because people, but like Purdue's used to having this passing attack, yeah. right? Yep. They go with the defensive coach, but he goes and hires an air raid disciple, another Mike Leach guy, and Graham Harrell. Yeah. No, I, I like. First of all, obviously losing Brom sucks so much. Like I feel like they could have never made a move that you feel good about after losing Brom, um, and like yeah, I was I'm with you here. Like where they when they first hired Walters, I was pretty mm, I'm not sure on it, and like agreeing thinking that they've had this history of the passing attack, and then they bring in Graham Harrell, who I'm always gonna have a soft spot for him. Like he's, I love Graham Harrell playing at Texas Tech, and who's who's had some really good bright spots as an OC, so I like that a lot. But but like honestly, yeah, uh- go ahead, sorry. I was just going to say, speaking of Seth Luttrell, his best years at North Texas came when Graham Harrell was his OC. Yeah, exactly. And, like, I think the more we hear from Ryan, Ryan Walters, and, like, honestly, the more I dig into Illinois, like, you know, pro, like for the NFL draft, their defense side of the ball, I think this is going to work. I think this is going to work. I've got a good feeling about Ryan Walters. Yeah. Walters seems like he's building the culture perfectly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and that defense at Illinois – Full of dogs last year. Yeah. A bunch of them going to play in the NFL. They know the conference. Him and Kevin Kane running that defense. I think should be nice. Uh, and then yeah, kind of uh, Graham Harrell's been up and down, but you've seen the ups. Yeah. 
Let's see what he can look like in a more solid situation because obviously West Virginia hasn't been in a solid spot <laughs> no. and and USC certainly wasn't uh when Harold was there. So I think I think it's really interesting. Hey, Seth Daggy, another former Texas Tech QBs <laughs> on the staff's tight ends coach. Uh, I give it a B. Yeah, I give it an eight. Yeah, I, I think it's very interesting. I again Walters is like the more I hear about him, the more I like him, you know. Moving to Stanford, where another school firing Probably the yeah, definitely yes. their best head coach in program history, yeah. David Shaw out. Uh, Troy Taylor, the Sacramento State head coach, in he gone thirty and eight the last four years. Also, did you notice that Stanford doesn't call their coaches head coach defense? They all have weird yeah. names. Did you see yeah. this? So sorry, Troy Taylor is not the head coach. He's the Bradford M. Freeman director of football. Thank you for showing some respect finally. Uh, defensive Bob, defensive coordinator Bobby April is actually the Willie Shaw director of defense. Uh, my favorite one is special teams coordinator Bob Gregory is also the safeties coach, which is known as the Couch Family Safeties Coach. <laughs> um, I don't, I don't know what's going on there, but hey. I'm not sure what to make it. Like, I, I think this is nothing against Troy Taylor because he did a great job at Sacramento State, but like, this almost feels like Stanford just like we needed a coach, like. Taylor, like, very good off the mind. You know, the, the West Coast, you know, he's, he's you know, right there. He's just into the Central Valley, where the fuck they call it, Sacramento. Um, it just, it feels like a big jump. I don't know. It just... I, it's worth mentioning, too. Uh, Troy Taylor didn't hire an offensive coordinator. Yeah. He's planning to call plays. Yeah. Stanford um, saved he had been Utah. He had been Utah's OC uh, before he was at Sac State. Yep. Um, but he was also retaining QB coach Tavita Pritchard. Uh Sorry, to be the Kevin M. Hogan quarterbacks coach. That's my bad. Um, and Pritchard, it sounds like, going to join the Washington Commanders as quarterback coach now. That's funky. So, yeah, so they're already losing him. Taylor's calling plays, which we'll see how that works out. Uh, I, I mean, Bobby April seems like a good hire. Yeah. He'd been at Wisconsin as the run game uh, coordinator yeah. the last couple of years. Uh, he's a Rex Ryan guy. Um, Bob Bob. Bob Gregory's been in the conference. He was uh, Washington's defensive coordinator and the interim head coach in 2021. He'd been at Washington for years before that. I, I, it's just yeah, it's hard to gauge just because it depends what Stanford's willing to do, especially in the transfer portal and IL area. Yeah. Like, like even if Troy Taylor's good, are they going to be able to overcome some of the built-in hinders? The academic, him, yeah, exactly. Like it's. Like not even the academics is they they won't embrace nil yeah, yeah and they won't embrace the portal because Stanford I guess which is a it's result academics. of the academic yeah. stuff but yeah like um, but hey Ray Agnew's uh, son's on staff and he's the Lions assistant that, GM, that's so. that's cool um, <laughs> like it'd be a lot of fun if it works out like yeah I just don't think you'll be able to recruit that level and like yeah, it's just tough I don't know I don't know I gave it a six out of ten I almost felt like they should have hired a former David Shaw coach during the heydays as the head coach. Yeah. Mike Broomgren's at Rice. Um but yeah, I don't know. This would, I give it a six or a C plus. <laughs> Did you six plus. I like it, yeah. Uh going to Texas State where you said it incarnate words mm-hmm. running the world. Uh after the shit show that was Jake Spavel who refused refused to recruit Texas high schools and cho- chose to only bring in junior college transfers. It. Uh, it didn't work out after oh. all. Um, uh, uh, he's a Cliff Kingsbury guy. Um, <laughs> so Texas State hires G.J. Kinney, who had been 
at Incarnate Word for one year when he took over the head coaching job from Eric Morris. He had gone 12-2. and two. Uh, I'm sure everybody's seen the numbers Lindsey Scott put up as the quarterback there. Um, before that, he was UCF's OC for a year in Hawaii's, and he's the former Tulsa QB. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why Tulsa didn't hire him. Um, <laughs> I love, we'll get to yeah, that. I, I, this is fun as heck. This is a great get. Um yeah, like I, the, I feel like the only issue is like this is maybe jumping forward, but like if he's as good as he can be, he's not going to be there very long. But like, I guess that's the the curse of being the yeah. Texas States of the world. Um, well, that's that's when they pr- uh, promote Mac yeah. Leftwich, the OC, to head coach, who has been he had been Incarnate Words OC last year. He was the QB coach under Eric Morris, and he was a Texas high school OC for a few years. Um, they they this is a good mix of like guys who know Texas. Yeah. Guys who they run a fun offense. Um, their their defensive coordinator had been at Miami, uh, Jonathan Packey. Uh, he had been their special teams coordinator for a few years. He was incarnate words DC last year. Their special teams coach has been a special teams coach uh, in the G five and, and had been at Colorado and Montana State. Um, it seems like a very solid move. I, for Texas I think it's State. a great move. Like, I don't think you could do much better if you're Texas State. I, I gave it a nine out of ten. Yeah, I feel like the only bang on G.J. Kinney is that he hasn't coached very much, but that's why you, Texas State was able exactly. to hire him. Maybe they hired they hired him a year earlier than everyone else would. When you're, right? like yeah. that's what you have to Absolute, do. Absolutely, yeah, I love, I love it. Again, could not work out because you look at you said not not that much experience, but yeah, you gotta if you wanna if you wanna swing big, you gotta do it early. Yeah, hey, Tulsa, where they they could have had the brother son G.J. Kinney. They they chose to hire Kevin Wilson to replace Philip Montgomery. Felt kind of like a similar hire to Philip Montgomery <laughs> to me, but hey, maybe worse. I think, um, yeah, Kevin yeah. Kevin Wilson had been at Ohio State long enough that it like rebranded him. Maybe I, I think it did. Uh, I think it did. Yeah, he he obviously wasn't the play caller, but he's the OC and tight ends coach for five years. Um, before that, many people remember his not great tenure at Indiana, where he went twenty six and forty seven and resigned after multiple yep. internal investigations into mistreatment of players. Yep. But people don't seem to remember that. Yep. Uh, and before that, he he was uh, Bob Stoops's offensive coordinator at Oklahoma. No, very much in in a vacuum. If you told me Tulsa hired Ohio State's offensive coordinator, that sounds great. But in reality, it's not. Like again, Kevin Wilson. First of all, he wasn't very good at Indiana, and he was allegedly mistreating players like i don't really see why he deserves this opportunity um if if, if you're tulsa i don't i'm with you. like why didn't you take the swing on your product I, I, on gj kinney time. yeah big time it seems so obvious they didn't and and they still hired an offensive guy who hasn't called wasn't calling plays at ohio state has a checkered past uh and then I, th- I thought he just hired an unexciting staff. Like, Steve Spurrier Jr. is his offensive coordinator, who is uh, a Nepo baby, obviously. Uh, he was South Carolina's receivers coach under his dad for a decade, and it's kind of just bounced around as a receivers coach. He was with Mike Leach at Mississippi State, for what it's worth, the last couple of years. But um, I don't think that's overly exciting. Their D.C. already left for a different job. Yeah. Matt uh, Gurrieri, who had come over from Ohio State to be the DC, left for Indiana, ironically, after a month. Um, their special teams coordinator is, was a quality control coach at Cincinnati and Ohio State. Uh, he had been the special teams coordinator at Boston College uh, under a coach who we do not respect. Um, 
I don't know. The only good thing about this staff is Ryan Switzer's the receivers coach. Should be head coach. Yeah. Yeah. This. This. I just. It. It was not exciting. There was an obvious choice, and he's like not a great person. Apparently, doesn't seem like a great guy. Yeah. Uh, D. Yeah, I gave it a. You know, I gave it a five. I'm going to have four and a half. I'm dropping it down. Why do we still have so many, AJ? Why are there so many coaches? There are so many coaches. But this is the best. We but saved the best one. This is the best yeah. one. Yeah, we did. UAB time. Uh, when Bill Clark unexpectedly retired before the, the season, he had, he had turned this Blazers. He built this Blazers program from the ground up. Uh, they hired Bryant Vincent, his OC, as the interim head coach. He did, did an okay job. He did a, yeah. The, the players, yeah, the, given the circumstances, the players really wanted him to stay. So uh, UAB went ahead and did not retain him. <laughs> Hired Trent Dilfer in his Super Bowl ring from the high school level, where he had Lipscomb Academy going forty-four and ten the last four years. Pretty sick. It's great. He ran Elite Eleven. Obviously, he won a Super Bowl with the Ravens as their quarterback. Um, I feel like this is the Deion Sanders effect, but it's much different than that. Uh, and I think it's so much funnier when you like kind of look at the staff yeah like okay just to start from the start here like you were never going to find the right replacement for bill clark never but but it might have been brian could, vincent i was about to say brian vincent did a hell, hell of a job this year and going with Trent Dilfer is just such a fucking weird ass move and like the, I, I think you're right it's, it's it's it could be the prime time effect like really the, the players had written a letter yeah. to the athletic director and president yeah. asking them to retain Brian Vincent as the head yeah. coach. And they went and hired Trent Dilfer. Yep. I'm, this, after the bowl game when they won, the, it was like so much like the players were so high. Like, it was just like, come on. Yeah, Brian Vincent was crying. Yeah. It, it, it's it's the Deion Sanders effect, but they went and got their Jeff Saturday, you know? <laughs> and this might be like me and, like getting too emotional about this. Maybe they're not the right word, but... You are you already programmed that Bill Clark brought you back out of nothing, and then like, you have all the players like falling for Brian Vincent. Like it's just you're already programmed that has so much emotional goodwill. You know what I mean? Like you've kind of built your back on that already, and then you go out and hire Trent Dilfer. Like it's so it sucks. It sucks. And he hires Alabama offensive analyst Alex Mortensen as his OC. Uh, he'd been at Alabama for like eight years in an off-field role. Okay, I guess he's never called plays before. Maybe Trent Dilfer's calling plays. I don't know if he called him at Lipscomb Academy, <laughs> to be honest. I don't fucking know. And, and I think it's funnier that he Trent Dilfer literally just hired his high school defensive coordinator as his defensive coordinator. Sion Tau Afoa, who had been Lipscomb Academy's DC the last three years. He worked with Dilfer at Elite 11. He had been a high school head coach in California. Maybe if he had been a high school head coach in Alabama, I'd feel better about that. But, like, that doesn't... The recruiting connections in California don't really help UAB. Was was teaching history at Lipscomb? I'm just kidding. But, like, fuck, that's, like, it's so wonky. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, who, who the hell knows how this is going to work out, but I don't think it's going to work out well. It's weird. I give it an F. I, I forgot. Uh, okay, I'll give it a D- minus because I want Hugh Freeze to have the only F. <laughs> I gave it a 1 out of 10, but I put a 0 in, in brackets beside the 1 because it actually is the best R. Going from a... Non-experienced college head coaching hire to yeah. the most experienced. UNLV hired Barry Odom yeah. to replace Marcus Arroyo. Uh, he'd been Arkansas's assistant head coach in D.C. the last three years. He'd been Missouri's head coach. They went 25-25 in his in his uh, three years. Their four years. Not very exciting. But 
I think it's worth noting Eli Drinkwitz has gone 17 and 19 since. Yeah. Yeah. And for some reason, Eli Drinkwitz has a lot more goodwill than Barry Odom does. I don't think Barry Odom's some amazing head coach or anything. I don't even think he's an amazing defensive coordinator. The Arkansas de- defense sucked. It, it did suck. Yeah, it did. <laughs> but but Barry Odom going to UNLV, mm-hmm. like UNLV is why it's okay. Like UNLV is not a good program. And he hired an interesting staff. It, it feels like such a big get for UNLV. I know, like, in reality, is Barry Odom very exciting? No. But if he gets UNLV to 25 and 25, that's good. Like, it's a weird hire, but he's a solid football coach. And he hired Brennan Marion as his OC, which I think is the big, big thing here. Who he, he was Texas passing game coordinator and receivers coach last year. He was Pitt's receivers coach when Jordan Addison won the Blitnikoff. Yeah. He invented the go-go offense as Howard's OC. Like, he's a really interesting, innovative, young coach. And I thought that was, like, a really good get for Yeah, him. no, it really is. And, again, I guess that's only, like, you know, that's only something you get when you hire someone with Brian, uh, Barry, Ode, Brian Odom, Barry Odom's uh, track record, right? And he hired uh, Mike Schur as his DC, who's like his protege. He was at Arkansas and Missouri with them. Mm-hmm. They hired also one of the most experienced special teams coordinators in college football, and James Shibist, who had been Virginia Tech special teams coordinator for years, was at Memphis, Ole Miss, and Arkansas before that. Like he's been a special teams coordinator for twenty years. When you can hire, it's a good get for you. When you can hire special teams coordinators from Vodtech, that's a win, baby. It is a good get. Agreed. Agreed. What'd you Eight get out it? of ten. It's it's like it's yeah, very well done. It, when you put it in the context, it's UNLV. Yeah. It's a B plus to yeah. me, and uh, it's just it's cool stuff. Yeah. Um, going to USF, who they replaced Jeff Scott, the former Clemson OC, who failed miserably. Uh, they replaced him with uh, that was me. They replaced him with Alex. Bolch, <laughs> he did fail miserably. Uh, who had been Tennessee's OC and tight ends coach the last two years? This is the one I I don't have a. I can't gauge it. Strong. Yeah, I yeah. totally agree with you. Like, it's. I'm not sure how I feel about Alex Golish. Like he did. Like he was. Like hiring, you know, Tennessee's office coordinator after the season they had in a vacuum. Very smart. Like he was just there at USF and he didn't do a very good job. Like it's interesting, but I'm very unsure. Like I, I can't put my finger on this. But like, uh, and like money says, uh, I, like USF uh, has been so bad, it's, it's not going to work out. Like I don't know. Yeah, I know, and it's just like how much was Josh Hubel? How much was him? Yeah, he was at UCF in 2020. He knows the state. He was at Iowa State before that. Um, he doesn't have an offensive coordinator. He's calling plays. Mm-hmm. He hired Todd Orlando, who's like an experienced defensive coordinator, yeah. but like isn't an amazing defensive he's coordinator. Not very good, but he's, he's lots of experience. Been, been around, yeah. yeah. Uh, he hired Chad Creamer as his special teams coordinator who had been at tennessee as a defensive analyst um my favorite hire on his staff is ladamian washington who they poached from western kentucky and he had been oklahoma's receivers coach last year some of us remember him as a very good wide receiver for the university of missouri yeah he was good um yeah i i but yeah it's I don't know. It feels kind of similar to Jeff Scott. It does. Right? Like, it does. Jeff, Scott, Jeff Scott was calling plays at Clemson. They, they, it felt like a big win that they got him. And then he, he came there and did nothing. Yeah. And it's just they go after this kind of play caller who had a lot of hype. I don't know. Yeah, but how much is it to him? I agree. Like, it's it's very hard to judge. I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10 because I don't think it's a bad move. But no, 
Yeah. I give it a B minus. Yeah. We're on the same page. It's definitely the hardest to get. Yeah, out of all twenty four hires. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, moving back to the Mac, going to Western Michigan, where uh, Tim Lester had a decent run. He did. But it obviously dropped off a lot from the PJ Fleck yeah. era. Uh, they want to get back to the top of the Mac. They hire Louisville offensive coordinator Lance Taylor who had spent one year at Louisville. Before that, one of the best running back coaches. He'd been at Notre Dame for a couple years. Stanford, he coached receivers for the Carolina Panthers. He played at Alabama. Um, A long, strong resume from Lance Taylor. Retained Lou Esposito as his DC, who'd been at Western Michigan since 2017. Uh, Got Billy Kosh, Kosh as his OC from Richmond, who runs the Air Raid. Uh, which is interesting. Yeah, is. Hired Jeff Popovich as a special teams coordinator. He was at Louisville last year, but before that had uh, been uh, Georgia Tech's co-special teams coordinator. I I think this might be the second hardest game. I totally agree. I was about to say the same thing. It is. It's like, it's kind of weird, but it could work. Like, I don't know. It's a funky one. It definitely is a funky one. Like, I, I really didn't totally expect Western to move on from Leicester, really. So, like, it's... I don't know. It, it could work. Um, like the, the the resume is not is pretty strong for like where he's been and what he's done. Lance Taylor. That is, I kind of played it safe again and gave it a seven out of ten. Yeah, I give it a B minus as well. <laughs> it's a cop out answer. <laughs> We're like, and then, like, yeah, it's not bad. And then there you go. No, it's hard to gauge. I totally agree. Finally, to the Big Ten we go. The biggest tire of them all, Wisconsin. Didn't like the complacency under Paul Crist, who had been one of the most successful coaches in program <laughs> history. And they went and poached. And at first it seemed like, hey, maybe they shouldn't do this. They shouldn't fire Paul Crist. Yeah. And they they shouldn't make Jim Leonard their fake interim to not, then hire him as head coach. But then they went and didn't do it. And they went and poached Luke Fickle from Cincinnati, where he had gone 57-18. and 18. Mm-hmm. And... Not only that, which, I mean, is the same geographical area, but Luke Fickle, of course, it's been a decade as the co-DC at Ohio State. He knows this conference. Luke Fickle wasn't leaving for just any job. He could have left for Michigan State. He didn't. Yep. Wisconsin's kind of, we've seen it, be that third job, third or fourth job, Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, Wisconsin. I'm more uh, more consistent he, than a couple of those programs. <laughs> yeah. He goes, he takes it, he hires a, a cool stuff. Like, he brings Mike Tretzel with yep. him, who had been his DC the last two years at Cincy. He had, he, he'd spent over a decade at uh, Michigan State on the uh, on the defensive side of the ball, knows the conference. Um, hires Phil Longo as his offensive coordinator. Yeah. And, and they immediately go out and get three different quarterbacks who Wisconsin normally wouldn't have gotten. I, I, I think that's kind of the Phil Longo yeah. effect. He, he'd been North Carolina's offensive coordinator the last three years. Uh, obviously, under uh, with Sam Howell and Drake May under his tutelage, Ole Miss with uh, Matt Corral putting up numbers like Phil Longo. It's hard to play defense when Phil Longo is your offensive coordinator, but your quarterbacks <laughs> are going to put up numbers, yeah. and it's it's so different than what we've seen at Wisconsin. I totally agree, but like, do you think like it's going to be some sort of like we're still Wisconsin? We gotta we gotta pound the rock a little bit, or do you think they're going to fully like you know everything it points to? They're just going to lean into Longo as they. Sh- should he's your OC, but like, there's still always that tinge of like when that guy comes over, like let's keep a little bit of tradition. So, Wisconsin runs the ball. Yeah, they line up under center and they run yeah. the ball. It's a pro style offense. Every year I've been alive, yep. 
Phil Longo runs the most air raid of air raid offenses yeah. outside of the uh, outside of the uncut air raid from uh, Mike Leach, rest in peace. Um, and it's been bad for the defensive coordinators. Yeah, he is. He's been the OC for. Uh, I think Luke Fickle will have a hand in kind of slowing that down a bit. Uh, yeah, I, think, I think so too. Especially when you have Braylon Allen as your running back. Like I yeah. think it'll it'll be a little bit different, but. This is the type of hire you make when you know you need a premier quarterback, and I, I think it, it's cool that Luke Fickle went out and took that swing. It could it could go up in flames quickly, but yeah, it could. But that's I think a, it's the, really fun. I do too. I love it. I, I like if it does go up in flames, you just kind of move on. And but it, it could be a perfect marriage where you know, like you said, Fickle reigns him in. Fickle's a hell of a defensive coach. Like so is Tressel too. It could be a perfect marriage, and it's it, either way, whatever's going to happen, it's going to be a lot of fun watching this Wisconsin team. I think. You know what's also I thought really, really interesting is Max Mitchell is who they hired as their special teams coordinator. He had been Grand Valley State's head coach for the last 12 years, going 117-31. Really good record yeah. there. He, obviously Grand Valley State being in Michigan, a guy with uh, strong ties to that area. I think he's he's going to be interesting on the recruiting trail, kind of. Because he, he, he would have had to have had a very strong relationship with Michigan-based yep. high school coaches, kind of finding those hidden gems. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, they've just they've, they've got a really cool mix of staff here, uh, and Tough Borland's a GA. So. No, I, I think I think Fickle's going to have a lot of success at Wisconsin. I, you know what? Like, yeah, like, when they, like we said, when they moved on from Chris, it's like, okay, they're just giving this job to Jim Leonard, and that's a risky move, came out of nowhere. But, man, this feels like they swung for the first time in a long time. And I think it's a slam dunk home run, Rob. Not nine and a half out yeah, of ten. I give, I give it an A plus. The yeah. only A pluses I gave were Wisconsin and Colorado. The two powerhouses, college football. Luke Fickle, call him prime time.